Alright. <sighs> okay. I gotta mentally prepare myself. This is probably the most, like, legitimately serious topic we've ever done on this show. Yeah. So. Okay, that was delicious. Alright. Are you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Alright. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. Uh, we are doing a quick turnaround. We're literally recording this the Tuesday night before it drops early Wednesday morning. I am joined by. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a very cute way of describing you. Uh, let's say what's a cheesy line. Uh, the the crown jewel of my life, Morgan Morgan Alonzo. How are you doing tonight? Did you almost just call me Morgan Freeman? I almost been- <laughs> did because I literally. <laughs> So I literally was watching while I worked at home today, Ken yeah. Burns uh, Civil War docu- documentary, and Morgan Freeman does one of the voices. <laughs> so that's why he was on my mind. <laughs> anyway, it's not important. <laughs> the crown jewel of my life, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. I mean, I mean, he could. I could do a lot worse. Anyway, yes, I'm joined by Morgan Alonzo. How are you doing tonight, dear? Doing good. Fun fact for anyone listening: like this is like. We, me and Morgan talk probably the most out of anyone in my life over the phone. Like, probably even more than my mother because you just call me randomly and we talk for like an hour and a half about everything and catch up. And I have to say, without going into too many details, I kind of teased it, I think, on my last pod. Uh, I recently had some, uh, you know, uh, turbulence in my love life. Um, it's been a very interesting first half of the year. Uh, and I can't, I can honestly say, along with Steven Vastola, who was previous guest on the pod, but also, uh, even up until like last weekend, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, uh, I was, I relied on Morgan a lot and she helped me a lot. And I just want to say publicly, thank you so much, dear. I really, I can't tell you how much your, your help and your support, uh, really, you know, guided me through this because I'm a grown man child who doesn't know how to handle his own feelings. So. I'm a professional in air pocket turbulence. Yeah, it was, uh, as an aside, Anthony was in town. I kind of told him everything on a car ride. And, uh, he, he was just like, dude, why do you, it's always a story with you, man. It's always complicated. It's always like, I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah. That's why you and I connect though too, because it's never just a, you know, I went to the grocery store. I'm always like, well, this person did this. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the store at the end of the conversation, so now I get you. But his feedback was very uh, appreciated as well. But again, I couldn't have gotten through it without you and Steven because, um, yeah, it wasn't fun. But, and you Morgan know, Freeman. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, transitioning, how is little Amelia doing right now? Perfect, except she um, colored on the couch Ugh. with a, um, a dry erase marker, so we'll be able to get it out. And also her body her whole body so um it's gonna be bath time soon but otherwise she's she's doing great so well i will be seeing y'all in a month yes almost exactly a month so that's that's exciting i'll be back in louisiana for fourth of july so that's great okay now that we got the pleasantries out uh well no let's not get quite to the main topic yet which is a very serious topic uh Uh normally you and i talk when you're on here you're talking about music uh listen to anything good lately or what um, well, more of, um, trying to figure out YouTube's algorithm, yeah. but, um, 
I'm doing this thing now at work where I will put the most random band into YouTube and see if it comes back to uh, the artist Borns because (laughs) (laughs) I went through an issue, I guess, in in my love life, which I'm still kind of going through, but whatever, and Borns was there for me. So I guess I listened to Borns to the point where, like, YouTube is like, obviously, you're still a depressed <laughs> fuck. Here you go. But instead, today I decided I was going to put My Chemical Romance in there. Because I'm like, there's no way My Chemical Romance could come back to Borns, right? That's a well, pretty, sure that's enough, a stretch. That an hour a stretch. and a half later, <laughs> Borns came back. Uh, I have to admit, uh, during my rough patch I referred to earlier, I created a playlist, too, of just, like, songs that, like, reminded me of the situation. And I was like... Uh, that's another thing. Music really helped as well. A lot of Sam Cooke. Let me just put it this way. A lot of Sam Cooke. Man, no Borns? Uh, no, I feel like they all have... I, I, see, okay, there's a story about that. Uh, I'm going to edit this out. Uh, Damn it. But yeah, so I've kind of avoided Borns after this uh, i'll get back to him eventually because that album's amazing but yeah that's, that's well i was much. gonna tell you today too like literally before we started this like no joke because remember whenever you first introduced that to me i was like oh well right now my favorite's like holy ghost yeah. or like uh emotion yeah past lives is is at the top now it's uh, like electric love is almost like a perfect song like objectively but past lives dude it just he he does so much in it. He starts off really slow, like in my past lives, and then the hook he like comes on, and he's like, and then it's really high energy, but it's like low yeah. energy at times too. It's it's a roller coaster. It's so much fun. Well, and I actually read. Sorry, now we got to get back to the topic, but I actually read because again, it comes up all the time on my YouTube. Yeah. That um, a lot of people have complaints. Like they only like the beginning whenever he does like the the slow part, and mm-hmm. then it starts to get to the da da da. people don't like it from then on they only like the beginning and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you that is a perfect transition but that's just a thing it's ungrateful um ungrateful people uh but what i've been listening to i saw book smart recently and first off that movie is hilarious i told you this morgan you need to see it whenever you can uh, yes. it's it's hilarious. It's a great movie. Everyone should go see it. But the soundtrack is really good, and I stumbled upon a few artists from the soundtrack. Like, the song that I've been really listening to is, uh, oh, God, why am I blanking right now? Uh, shit, why am I blanking right now? What the fuck? Cold War by Cautious Clay. That's the one. And uh, it's pretty incredible. Like, I, I, heard it in the, I heard it in the movie, and, like, I, like as soon as I got home, I, like, downloaded it because it was so good. I was like, yes, I still download music, by the way. I don't stream. Uh, but it was so yeah. good. So, yeah, that's what I've been listening to, along with a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, we'll have our Under the Covers uh, threequel finish out a trilogy uh, later on in the year. Uh, so that's something to tease and look forward to for anyone listening. And then one day we should just do a pod strictly on Rihanna, and maybe she would give you a shout-out. Did you see that Rihanna? Actually, I found out it's pronounced Rihanna. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Nah, Rihanna sounds better. But her Forbes listed her as the wealthiest female uh, entertainer. She's worth like $600 million. <sighs> like, that's insane to me. Because they, they, they announced that Jay-Z was the first hip-hop billionaire. And, uh... Billy, 
Jeez, oh, well, I guess that makes sense because I mean, technically, manager would be Beyonce, huh? Well, I don't know if her wealth was factored into it because she's worth like four hundred million dollars. But they broke down like where all his investments and where all his money's tied up. They're estimating, of course. So Rihanna's over Beyonce. I yes. guess that's because of Fenty, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was a big thing. Uh, and her, yes. her lingerie and makeup line. So yeah, uh, which I have both of. <laughs> We are, uh, I think me and Morgan are stalling because the topic today is, uh, it's a heavy one. Um, And let's get into it. Uh, So I try to keep this show light, Morgan. You know, you've listened to episodes, you've been on episodes. I try to keep it fun, but I really feel like there was a impetus to have this conversation, not only on the show, but with a mother like yourself. And obviously since you're a female, right? I I didn't want to have like, I didn't want to have like another guy on here to talk about this. So I really felt like I wanted to have this conversation with someone I love and trusted and, you know, who could have an articulate conversation about this topic. And, of course, the topic we are going to discuss is, sorry for people, like, I don't even feel comfortable saying it, abortion. Uh, We're going to talk about abortion specifically in the United States because unless you've been living under a rock, uh, there's been some, you know, flurry of activity uh, in that department. Um... So, yeah, uh, we're going to get through this together. I'm going to be respectful. And most of my role in this is going to be providing information and for you to react and analyze and give your t- over, overall your opinion because I, I, I told you this off the pod. I was like, I'm not here to, like, talk over you or tell you how I feel necessarily because I really do feel like that is the role of males in the abortion conversation is support and listening and providing like facts and again support uh if that if if that makes some people feel like make if that makes some people feel like i'm a dirty little cuck you know like a soy boy whatever so be it you know i'm just i respect women what can i say right anyway so first up we're gonna i'm gonna give a little bit of a rundown of the abort like a very very oversimplified generalized concise abridged uh history of uh history facts you know some data about abortion in the united states and then we'll talk about it you'll react as i'm saying it of course and then Mm -hmm. we'll talk more about it afterwards and then we'll get to the questionnaire you know and on a happy note um and then also prior to you starting you should say trigger warning here um due to the fact that this is a heavy topic and there will be things that are discussed that maybe people don't want to dive into even more besides the fact that the topic is abortion if you are listening to this, you are kind of consenting to the conversation, so dive yes. on in. Yeah, uh, again, I'll have all this in the episode description along with all the sources I'm using in this conversation. Uh, I, 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 I generally expect people to realize that this is a, this is a show strictly for adults, so I, I understand, like, I, I would hope most people are adults listening to this. If you're, like, under fucking 16 or 17, you should not be listening to this show. Uh, but you're right. You're absolutely right. This does deserve a trigger warning. Um, I just, I, I, I don't think about it like that, but you're absolutely correct. So anyone who's listening, I'm going to put it up front in the episode description and the title will be enough to tell you what this conversation is about. Uh, so this is your official on the, on the pod trigger warning. Okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, I'm going to be as delicate as possible, um, sticking to the facts mainly, um, and just say, uh, okay, so this all kind of started in 20, well, not all of it, but the recent activity started in 2013 
when Texas passed uh, a series of restrictions on abortion clinics within the state, the state I currently live in. But this was back in 2013, and it got struck down recently in 2016. The main issue was that there was a requirement that abortion providers have admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 30 miles. So that was a big restriction on abortions in this state, but it got struck down because, as we'll discuss in Roe v. Wade, with Roe v. Wade, you cannot make it too hard to get an abortion in this country. That's a federal law or federal case. So recently, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, I guess that's how you say her name, sorry, no disrespect to her, uh, signed a bill that would effectively ban abortion in the state with no exceptions for rape or incest, which is a big factor in a lot of this conversation. Uh, not only is it like voluntary abortion or like elective abortion, I think is the technical term, but there is a big factor in this as far as rape and incest go. It's not only Alabama these days. There's five other states that have adapted or working on adapting abortion restrictions in their states. Uh, it's Along with Alabama, we have Mississippi, Kentucky, Ohio, Georgia, and unfortunately, uh, Morgan and I's home state of Louisiana. So there's that. Uh, how do you feel about those l- bills right now, Morgan? A lot of different feelings. <laughs> a lot of anger. A lot of keep your dick in your pants. Yeah. Um, but um, a lot of, of anger. And, and most of it is, uh, again, will be, you know, I'll dive into it a little bit more later. But more of it is a lot of people are terrified about what they look like to society as far as whether or not they would be approved if they agree, whether or not abortion is moral or immoral. Mm -hmm. And it's more about the presentation on paper rather than sitting down and thinking hard about what it can do for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, And also more of, you know, on the other side of it, it's, it's also, you know, there is no black and white of it, but at the same yeah. point, there might have to be for this law. Um, yeah. You know, because because people, like you said, you know, rape and incest. You know, that that's the thing that that people say. Which, yes, of course, obviously, both are very horrific. Yes. Things. Um, I'm never going to sit there and defend and say, oh yeah, yippee. But um, it, let's let's talk firstly also about you know um, laws regarding rape. <laughs> yeah. people don't report them there, there you go there's the, the first thing there because how can you state that someone was assaulted yeah. I mean obviously the person is they were assaulted um, some people take you know an hour to process the fact that they were assaulted some people days some people months some people years mm-hmm. um, some people never come to terms with it and also each person's definition of what assault is is also different so some people may classify something that would be "quote unquote" textbook rape, but because they don't classify it as rape, they're not going to say that they were raped. Exactly. Or maybe it's a societal thing. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't think people will approve of my rape. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to go to the police or to whomever you need to go and say, "Hey, a I was raped. Can you accept this as rape? Let me sit here and tell you all the gory details of what happened to me, so you can say yes, this is a rape. Check off the list." And then go to an abortion clinic and say, hey, I proved that I was raped. Hey, can you give me access to the abortion that I rightly deserve? Yeah, and we'll touch upon that. Uh, That's a big factor in Roe v. Wade, which we'll get to when I start the history. Uh, Yeah. But you're right. I think 
it's very interesting. Uh, I can't remember where I got it from. It's listed in one of the sources, uh, the websites that I'm going to list in the episode description. Uh, but I can't remember where, where it came from, but I remember seeing it. It seems that this topic, abortion, is it splits the country down the middle. Like four, I think the number I saw was 48 to 48, and obviously, you know, fucking 4% are undecided, which actually is pretty remarkable because usually it's, it usually splits into like thirds, but that's how, that's how divisive this topic is and this issue is, and it, it is, like, it is a clear mark of delineation, like, it separates, it's just, it's, it's sad that, like, there are people who you know it's up there with like the death penalty and you know gay lgbtq rights and stuff like that it's just it's one of these social issues that it just there is i'm just echoing what you said there is so little nuance in the situation but maybe it there is no room for nuance in this conversation that's a very interesting point And do you know what the worst part about it is? And this is probably the biggest point that I'm going to give you here. Yeah. It turns into even more of a trigger to someone who is assaulted, which I'm not saying other reasons to have an abortion, you know, should be excluded from this because I, of course, (laughs) if you can't already tell, are very, very, very pro-choice. For the record, I am am pro-choice as well. Just putting that on the record. (laughs) Um, But it turns into a... He said, she said. Yeah. Which is exactly the issue with assault, which also, for clarification, anyone can be assaulted. But the term that people always say is he said, she said. You know, well, you don't have any proof of that. Well, that's what this turns into for rights, whether or not this can happen. Because you have mostly men deciding for you pretty much what you can do with your reproductive organs which is just absolutely disgusting if you can't tell me how to insert a tampon into a vagina why can you decide if i can get an abortion yeah it's a (laughs) it's a minefield and it's it it does seem to break down along uh it's very interesting this is more data i've pulled and more stats i've seen from some of these sources especially like wikipedia and like some of these uh the article i sent you and i stumbled upon some other ones as well but it does seem to break along uh, gender lines, and it does yeah. seem to break along political lines, and it does break around racial lines, and it's just – it's it's so polarizing. And it's just – for the, like just a little bit of my history, like I was raised Catholic, of course, uh, as I previously mentioned, but I, I always thought it was a very simple thing. Like I always was like – I mean, I don't really know if abortion's right or not, but I don't think I should decide. I, I remember believing that as a kid because I was raised by, you know, a single mother and stuff like that. So I'm very much, very attuned, I would like to believe, into women's rights. So my mother's pro-choice. She raised me and my brother pro-choice, of course. It just always amazed me that people got so animated and so passionate about it. And I always believed that I was like, it seems pretty simple to me to the point where it's like, I don't even want to talk about this because it just pisses people off. You know what I'm saying? Especially because also given the fact you just stated that, you know, we're from Louisiana. Yeah, as well. So that's one of the, the newer states, of course, that also agrees with this ban. Um, Signed you know, by a Democratic out. governor. 
I was about to say shout out to our piece of shit governor <laughs> who sent out the best uh, non-apologetic letter, by the way. If you ever have a chance to look it up, it's, it's a sack of shit. Right. Um, whatever. Go ahead. Go golf at the country club to get over your woes. But um, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Louisiana um, doesn't, you know, I, I went to what's interesting, actually, just a side note, what's classified as a... Um, a public school, even though technically, you know, you did pay tuition, so it should have been private. Yeah. But um, we didn't have sex education. We yeah. literally watched a video of a woman giving birth. The ladies in the class, the boys got to uh, shout, who could say penis the loudest in the class without, you know, getting in trouble. That fucking, was their sex education. Fucking Ours was watching someone give birth. Yeah. But we didn't have the whole, this is what an STD is. This is what a condom is. The whole standard putting a condom over a banana like they do yeah. in movies. I got more sex education from the film industry than I did in my high school. Yeah. And so, but we have the highest teenage pregnancy rate. We have the highest, we have the highest new cases of HIV yeah. in Baton Rouge alone. Our capital, you know. Yeah. But they don't care about that. No, they don't. They don't care about anything regarding that. Well, let's let's get to let me let me start the long spiel about how we kind of got here. Um, again, yeah, this is overly simplified. It's generalized. I, there's no way you could ever compact the entire history of abortion in this country in like an hour. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> so I'm going to do the best I can. Okay. So in the 18th century and until about 1880, abortions were allowed under common law and widely practiced. They were illegal only after when doctors determined that the, pre the one pregnant woman could feel the fetus moving. So that's kind of when in, in, the, in this 19th century, that's kind of the litmus, I guess, for lack of a better word, of when uh, a baby was alive is if the woman could feel uh, fetus moving. And, you know, that's not a very standardized thing. It's very subjective. Uh, the AMA, the American Medical Association, pushed for state laws to restrict abortion and beginning in their crusade in 1857. Now, they say that they did this to protect, to win professional power and control medical practice and restrict their competitors, namely, you know, unprofessionals, non-professionals, right? Non-medical professionals. So they did this they said the, the articles I read were like a lot of this was well-intentioned that like, hey, we need to regulate it. I don't think they were necessarily trying to restrict it, but they were trying to regulate it. However, there were other physicians at the time. This was also around the time that women started getting involved in, you know, like education themselves, higher education and becoming doctors themselves. So it was also kind of, you know, there was some sexism involved as there was in so much of our history, unfortunately. Okay. Uh -huh. They remained the loudest voice in the anti-abortion debate, and it was it was it was mired in an anti-feminist agenda. Okay, not until 1869, at about the same time that abortion became politicized in this country, did the church, which Christian church, condemn abortion. In 1895, it condemned therapeutic abortion, which is you know elective abortion. You know, in 1821, Connecticut passed the first state statute criminalizing abortion. Every state had abortion legislation by 1900 except when necessary to save a woman's life, not at the urging of social or religious conservatives, but under pressure from the medical establishment. So nowadays we kind of see it as a – as it's shifted more towards a spiritual, religious, uh, philosophical thing when it originated more as a medical movement. Right. Okay, so even after abortions became illegal – 
as anyone who's aware of history, women continued to have them. They sought out back alley procedures or took matters in their own hands, inserting, I'm not going to go into this. I realized I was like, I'm going to stop now because I don't want to go into all the procedures of illegal abortions. Just know they're awful. Uh, look them up on your own time. I'm sorry. Let's see. These are these methods, though, resulted in, emer in medical emergencies and, of course, in some cases, death. Uh, which I think is a big factor in all this conversation. It's like in the 1950s and 60s, an estimated number of illegal abortions ranged from 200,000 to 1.2 million per year. Uh, so I think what the a big issue is, if I may edit editorialize right now, is it doesn't matter if you legalize or ban abortions, women are still going to get abortions. Like that's a big exactly. factor. And it's like what I think is key here is that you need to address this because people are going to take this matter into their own hands and it's probably better that professionals are doing this so i think that's a big again i'm not trying to convert anyone if you're pro if you're pro-life okay i disagree with you fundamentally but all right i'm not trying to convert anyone listening i'm just trying to present this point of view uh or this aspect of the pro-choice argument anyway so Anything you want to – I'm about to get into Roe v. Wade, which is a big thing. So anything you want to comment on what I've just said? Um, yes, I guess the fact that people – what's sad here is whenever you sit here and you say, okay, well, no matter what, people are going to have abortions, right? Unfortunately. You know, people, people are going to do it. Yeah. So then people are like, okay, well, that, why is that my problem if someone goes and uses a hanker or another method to, to do that? Why is that my problem? They were going to be a baby murderer anyway. You know, and that's what it starts to turn into is, well, you were already a, a piece of shit person because you decided that you wanted to have an abortion. So why should I care? So it's it's not going to matter, which yeah. is even more sad. <laughs> and yeah. then the, the other thought is, too, is people have in their in their head that the people that are getting abortions are people that are just constantly like out just roaming the streets, just having unprotected sex and just decide they can't deal with it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, cool, cool, great. Live your life if, if that's what you're doing. I'm not here to judge. But, you know, what if it is someone who has had six kids and yeah. they decide that they don't want to have the seventh that they're expecting and it's very early and they're trying to figure it out financially? They can't do it. And just the fact that they can't do it and they can't go and have an abortion. What happens if they pass away whenever they're trying to get themselves an abortion? Yeah. So now are you upset because the woman passed and now there's six kids without a mom? Yeah. Okay. So how do I say this? It's it's striking to me as a man how mm -hmm. inextricably linked abortion is to women's rights and the perception of women in society. Like you, you, right. you, you talked about uh, pr promiscuity. So there's an aspect of abortion that resolves that is involving women's sexuality and their choice and either you know being rather prudish or conservative in their sexuality or being very liberal and very you know expressive and you know proactive i guess so and then you also have it just goes down to well what do women get to say like or and we talked about it earlier how there seems to be men making decisions for women it's like and then you have this factor of like Where's a woman's place in society? Like you and I would both agree. I hope I'm not I, – I would believe I'm speaking for you correctly that a woman's place is just as the same place as a man's. But there are people who feel that no, a woman's job is you know, 
raising a family and stuff like that. So there's no need for a woman to be in the places of where men occupy as such as the government offices, you know, professional offices and stuff like that. So it's it's just fascinating how this topic, this very serious topic, like encapsulates or is so intertwined is interwoven with these larger issues of women's uh, you could uh, uh, if I could be blunt, just mere existence in this country. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing that I, f- I found interesting, though. Okay, though I find it appalling. I don't find it unbelievable. Yeah, it's not. It's disappointing. It's not surprising. <laughs> um, there's a girl that I work with who um, was, you know, got pregnant whenever she was 17. Um, yeah. Last semester of high school, wasn't allowed to walk or knew of people who weren't able to walk for graduation who were in the same situation they were expecting because you know it's frowned upon quote unquote Mm -hmm. however the father of the baby got to walk and get their diploma so i don't know if you know this john you know i i could be wrong i don't i don't know if you've been educated on this it takes two to make a baby what so what (laughs) wait wait okay so Okay, is one of those two people, one's the mom, and where does the stork come into this? Like, where? okay, where does that happen? Uh, you need to ask Morgan Freeman that. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Shit, all right, well, i got to make Sponsored. another phone call no. after this. <laughs> uh, but I just found that super interesting because it's, you know, uh, one thing there, so so the guy still gets to do whatever. Okay, cool, yeah. great. You great. You got to walk in front of everybody. You're the pride and joy, you know, men over women. Woohoo, hoorah. And then also, which I'm not agreeing with, uh, and also people made the point, okay, cool, great. So if, if the baby's considered, you know, which I know you're probably going to go down this later, if the yeah. baby's considered, you know, um, a, a human being or alive at, at a certain week gestation, mm-hmm. then does that mean that whoever got me pregnant has to start paying child support? That's a, it's another factor. Like what I was saying earlier, like there's so many, there's so many economic issues involved in this. Like this topic covers everything, like everything. Yeah. So when is the guy pregnant? That's what I want to know. You know, people say we're pregnant. Yeah. Sometimes. So when is the guy pregnant too, or do they just get to literally just two pump chump and, and go about their way? Well, I see. Here's my thing, and this is always something. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to save this for after I'm done with my you know rundown, but there was a time. I don't necessarily buy into this anymore because it just it's stupid. It's or it's not stupid. It's naive and it's. And it's a, it's it's a childish mindset uh, when it comes to well, where is the men's rights in all this? And I hate to sound like one of those fucking men's rights asshats, but that was something I had to deal with. Like I was like, where is a men? Because I've had a pregnancy scare in my life. Like I was with a girl and she thought she was pregnant. Turned out she wasn't. Thankfully, you know, and luckily she wasn't pregnant because there was no way that was ever going to work. Uh, so. Where does the does the man have a say? And I'm not just talking about does a governor of a state have authority over the, all the women in his state. I'm not talking about that. I'm like in the relationship, the father. Like, does the where does the father's rights begin? And I think that's a very very delicate topic to discuss. Like, that's a very like ooh like it's better to just defer because again, the guy's not passing the baby, so it's like. That's what I've kind of resigned to. It's like, you know, I, 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 again, like, you kind of, if it was consensual sex, that's what I would tell, that's what I would tell any young man. It's like any consensual sex, you are literally telling yourself, 
if by some accident or some happenstance that this girl gets pregnant with my child, I kind of am agreeing to that possibility with every time you have sex with someone. I mean, yeah, that's a perfect world, but then it's going to come back yeah. to, can you prove that? Exactly. It's it's problematic, but let's let's get into let's get into Roe v. Wade, which is obviously it's the big phrase, it's the landmark Supreme Court case that kind of legalized or prohibited abortion bans and restrictions uh, on a federal level. Okay, so I learned something new about Roe v. Wade. I did not know that uh, the Roe, which which is the full name is Jane Roe, is a pseudonym. Or it's uh it's like Jane Doe, right? For uh-huh. a woman named Norma McCorvey. So I always thought that there was literally a woman out there who had the last name Roe. Turns out, not really her name. Her name was Norma McCarvey and she lived in Dallas, Texas. Wow. And the Wade in this uh case was the attorney the Dallas County District Attorney Henry Wade. Uh so this all happened it all started in nineteen sixty nine. Uh Norma McCarvey was twenty one years old, she was pregnant with her third child. So again, what you were saying about like, what do you, what if a woman's already had children and she, you know, doesn't want to have a child. And so she got pregnant and then she told, and her friends apparently advised her to tell the doctors that she was raped in order to obtain a legal abortion. But the problem was there was no police report and the state of Texas only allowed it abortions to save the life of a mother. So it wouldn't work. But there were some lawyers, uh, Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington, who took up her case and decided to, uh, you know, take up the case and then it went to the Supreme Court. And uh, apparently McCorvey would end up giving birth before the case was decided and the child was put up for adoption, which that's a very interesting tidbit of that story that I probably would yeah. like to learn more about. That That's probably like – that child probably is like – I don't know if they're aware or not if they're involved in one of the biggest court decisions in this country's history. But that that's, that's, uh, that's a story for another day. Uh, so basically what Roe v. Wade decided, for anyone unfamiliar – uh, the court ruled that during the first trimester, governments could not prohibit abortions at all. During the second trimester, governments could require reasonable health regulations. During the third trimester, abortions could be prohibited entirely so long as the laws contained exceptions for cases where they were necessary to save the life or health of the mother. So that's Roe v. Wade. Yes. Again, oversimplified, but just for the sake of conversation, that's Roe v. Wade. Yes. Okay. So – there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's we got to talk about the Republican Party, which I'm not really a big fan of uh, talking about it or the party in general. But so there's some interesting things about their history. The Republican Party's platform is anti-abortion, which developed alongside the modern pro-life movement. Before Roe v. Wade, the majority of Republicans were not anti-abortion, including the most of the party's leadership, which typically cited abortion rights as included with an ideology of limited government and personal freedom, which makes sense. At the 1976 public Republican National Convention, though, the party adopted an anti-abortion amendment as part of their platform. Uh, so this was 1976. Roe v. Wade was decided in 73 for primarily strategic reasons. And this is where it gets interesting. The party's leadership hoped to appeal to Catholics, a demographic which had traditionally voted Democrat but who might be put off by growing cultural liberalism and who made up the core of the anti-abortion movement. So – it's not necessarily that the, all Republicans necessarily at the time were anti-abortion. They were trying to cater the Catholics, which, as I may inform other people who are unaware, uh, so the 60s 
were a very turbulent time, and there was a reshifting of parties due to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, 64, yes, I believe, or 68, I can't remember. Uh, there were, like, multiple civil rights acts in the 60s. Uh, so basically what happened was when the Democrats favored the Civil Rights Act, uh, they kind of alienated the South, and they kind of alienated, like, a lot of people. So that's when it became the Democratic Party started representing more minorities and minority interests, sorry, uh, and you know, more liberal, what, what is the phrase they use? Cultural liberalism, right? You know, and that's when the Republicans started switching from, you know, big business. Well, they're still kind of big business, but I'm butchering this, uh, and started working more <laughs> with the South because the South was infamously for the longest time, you know, uh, the Bible Belt. The Bible Belt was a Democratic, <laughs> the Democratic uh, Party's uh, territory. And I mean, the Republican Party, you know, Party of Lincoln, you know, they emancipated the slaves. They got the 14th Amendment, uh, 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment passed and all that stuff. But again, in the 60s, that all switched. So this is another aspect of this, that the the Catholics who had been Democrats for the longest time decided once the Democrats started embracing abortion, they had – the Republicans were like, well, we're – well, we want your vote, so let's get – let's be anti-abortion. So it's amazing how – it seems like the Republicans are this religious right organization, but for the longest time, they weren't anti-abortion. They were doing this purely for strategic and and voting reasons. So I, I still feel that's what it is. Yeah, you can dress it up, but I think that is what it all boils down to. Okay, so there's another case I want to talk about uh, before we go any further. So, Sorry, just for, just for some imagery real quick. It's exactly like Donald Trump's fake hair. <laughs> that's... That's what they're doing. They're just putting the fake hair over the situation. But go ahead. Okay, so there's another case in the 90s that I want to talk about that doesn't get talked about as much as Roe v. Wade uh, because it wasn't as influential as Roe v. Wade, but it kind of amended Roe v. Wade, and that's Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992. Uh, if you're unaware of that, uh, the court reaffirmed Roe's holding that a woman's right to abort a non-viable fetus is con- constitutionally protected, but abandoned rose trimester framework in the favor of standard based on fetal viability which is a huge aspect of this conversation and overruled rose requirement that government regulations on abortion be subjected to the strict scrutiny standard which that's a whole legal thing uh the Roe decision defined viable as potentially able to live outside the mother's womb albeit with artificial aid justices in the case acknowledge that the viability may occur at 23 or 24 weeks or sometimes even earlier in light of medical advances so that's i think a big factor like when we talk about this alabama case and we talk about all these other abortion uh ban laws that have passed recently in all the states we listed earlier it's all about like six weeks four weeks eight weeks and stuff like that so i think this 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 law this case pretty much did it as like so 23 weeks 24 weeks so that's like so basically what roe had was trimesters and this case kind of like eh we're not going to do it necessarily by those strictest standards we're going to do more about viability 23 weeks i'm sorry i just had a moment that's almost six months it's it's closer to uh six months so yeah you can get an abortion even that late in uh the process and this is where people use the fear tactic okay because just just like you said you know what is what is considered life? That, that's also where it starts, right? Yeah. So um, now now we're having the the heartbeat bill, um, you yeah. know, so six to 
so six weeks is whenever the heartbeat first comes eight weeks you know whenever you go in and get an ultrasound that's whenever you can first hear it with a little doppler um you know and you have the cute like oh congrats your parents or whenever ben and i found out that (laughs) i was pregnant it was dead silence (laughs) in the room and just a heartbeat because we were like oh shit and um yeah just something funny and now of course we we love emmy she's awesome but side note um so, you know, of course, when it, when does it become technically a life cave? So, if that's I, a six if week I mark. May, if I may, uh, there's there's a quote I wanted to read on that. We're kind of skipping ahead, but yeah. I, I think that uh, there's two points I want to bring up about that, and I'll let you go. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay, so in, in the Slate article that I have uh, sourced in the, the description, there was a doctor, uh, Arthur Kaplan. He's a, I'm sorry, he's not a doctor. He's the professor and founding head of Division of Medical Ethics at NYU Medical Center. Uh, Lagan Medical Center. He said, many scientists would say they don't know when life begins. There is a series of landmark moments. The first is conception. The second is the development of the spine. The third is development of the brain, consciousness, and so on. That perspective, as it turns out, has deep roots. It is also one that resonates for many pregnant women who experience embryos' gradual passage to personhood on a visceral level. So that, I think, goes back to this fetal personhood versus viability. And I stumbled upon in the research that I did a group like I was like, is there a pro-life group that is a secular non-religious? And it turns out there is. I've linked their uh, homepage in the description. It's called the Secular Pro-Life is opposed to elective abortion, uh, except in situation where the mother's life is at risk and early delivery is not a viable option. Their fetal personhood argument states that a fetus is a human being recognized as a person that possesses human rights. And the concept of bodily autonomy of mothers does not permit permit abortions in the majority of circumstances. So yes, please go ahead and give us your opinion on the personhood versus viability debate. Okay, so, you know, whenever you learn about, you know, Charles Darwin and the theory of evolution. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and discuss what a theory is and whatnot, whatever. Evolution, here we go. Okay. So they state, you know, that there's, Depending on, you know, where you're at, I guess, in your education level, some places say there's seven stages of life, some say nine, some say more, whatever. I'm not, you know, I don't have a doctorate. Semantics, right? Anyway, so basically there's a lot of characteristics to determine whether or not something is viable, um, is able to sustain life on its own. Yeah. One of those things being, of course, can you, again, survive by yourself? That's susceptibility. That's, you know, being able to sustain your own life. Can a six-week-old fetus do that? I, I, if you're asking me, I don't think so. Then is it alive? See, this is the thing, and I talked to you about this. I really believe that, and just to go on the record again, my personal beliefs, that I don't believe abortion should be legalized. And luckily I've never had to face that dilemma or that decision or been a part of that decision. Again, it's the woman's decision. But I honestly – part of me feels like those cells are alive. But I really think that that's because I was raised Catholic. I don't know if I honestly believe that or I was just taught to believe it and it's been ingrained in my brain. So I – I, it just – I don't know. I think I told you this when we talked about this over the weekend. I was like I, I don't feel right saying that a fetus isn't alive. But I don't know if it always – if it – See, that's the thing, man, and I think I'm kind of speaking for a lot of people here that, like, yeah, it feels like we should say that's alive, but also it's not alive. It's this weird gray area. It's 
and, and how we've talked about this before, of course, off the record. Yeah. It's because you were that. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's the what it is. Your life. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I can't, I can't, I can't sit there and say that it wasn't alive. I was that. That's yeah. familiarity. Yeah. There's an inherent bias there. Exactly. So, but just like you said too, women, you know, carry the child. Yeah. You know, so that they're with it throughout the whole process. So yeah, there, there is a connection to it. Absolutely. Um, However, if you're sitting there talking just strictly about susceptibility, being able to actually thrive without aid of being attached to, you know, the placenta, mm-hmm. no, it couldn't do it by itself. Therefore, it technically couldn't thrive on its own. So that's one part of the debate, right? Yep. The other part is I think you and I have kind of talked about how, you know, at six weeks again when they were trying to do this ban um, – the baby doesn't have a brain yet. Yes. What What does the brain do for you? What, for, what's in the brain there? For clarification's sake, I believe that the Alabama ban was no weeks, but the Georgia ban was the one that had the six weeks. Just for the oh, clearing the you. record. So, uh, but yeah, our brain it's the it's it's who we are. Our brain is who we are. Exactly, and that's how what you feel pain sensation. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say, "Well, no, the baby can feel it." Because the baby has a heartbeat, the baby can feel it. Yeah. Because everybody is saying the baby, the baby, the baby, the yep. baby, humanizing. Yep. And again, yes, of course, of, of course, you know, it, it's a weird subject to talk about because, yeah, you're like, okay, well, I, I don't want to say that it's not alive. I don't want to say this. Exactly. I don't want to say that because I don't, you know, that's kind of a hard thing to say because, again, because you were that. However, sitting back from a scientific standpoint from also just about keeping you know, the mother safe and things like that and just progressing, you know, our knowledge towards, you know, having something that could be safe as far as abortion. Technically, that baby couldn't thrive by itself. Yeah. So don't put so much weight on it. Yeah. It uh I, I if I if I may tip my hand a little bit, I'm actually uh I'm actually this may sound weird, I'm actually relieved that I'm a guy in this situation. Because yeah. I could not imagine and this is kind of i think this is the deciding factor of being for me being pro-choice is the fact that i don't envy any woman who has this who has to make this decision like so i don't think that it's my right to tell a woman that she can't so it's like i can't imagine making this decision because it seems like such a problematic yeah and stressful fun procedure yeah and it's like you literally, I mean, some people might be easy. Some people are just like, you know, very objective. Like it's not a living being. It's just, you know, a group of cells or whatever and can do it and not even think twice about it. But I, I would like to believe that that's not most people or most women. Like, it's like, I don't think that that's, I think it is a struggle. It's a terrible, terrible decision for most people. And most people also don't even know they're pregnant whenever these bans supposedly happen. That's the other thing that people say is, Okay, exactly. That's that's exactly what is the point. Or if you've also heard, you know, some people, they, they even have it so fucked up. They even have, instead of, you know, abortion clinics, girls going into these clinics thinking it's an abortion clinic and it's not. It's actually yeah. people being like, no, here's your other options, you know, this, this, and that. And one of the things they do is they lie and they tell them that they're actually further along than they actually are. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, and I, I don't, again, I'm... I'm I don't really have any proof in, at hand to to confirm this, but it does seem like there's a lot of 
it just seems like these girls, like especially teenage girls who are going through this, it just seems like they're so vulnerable and like people are trying to take advantage of them, you know, and it, it feels like it's more like the pro-life people who are trying to take advantage and be like, and not and trying to make it this blanket thing that, you know, uh, that life, you should not kill that life under any circumstances, but it's like, yeah, it just seems so... I so, can't... So here's the other thing, sorry to interject. No, go ahead. So going back to... Going back to, of course, stating, you know, uh, how we were talking about earlier about, you know, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So you're already having to, to quote unquote, prove that this has happened to you. Yep. Now you're trying to prove your rights as a human being to state that you deserve to have the rights over your body. And that's whether or not you were assaulted or not. You're trying to sit there to prove to people who shouldn't be involved yeah. at all that I have a right to this. You have a right to sign a consent to a medical procedure, don't you? Whenever you go to the doctor, whenever you go and have, you know, your gastro looks at you before mm-hmm. you, you have a procedure. Absolutely. You, you sign a consent, right? Yeah, I literally just like, yeah, I trust y'all, sign. So <laughs> because like, I don't even, I don't think right. I've ever really in-depth read it. I just right. trust them. Why can't I consent to this procedure that I, I think that I need because I am not mentally nor physically prepared for this and I do not want to bring a child into this world? Well, let me ask well, you this. Let me ask you this. Let me add this wrinkle to it. How do you feel like abortion meshes with the Hippocratic Oath? What do you mean? Define a little bit more. Okay, so like if a doctor interprets that life, the the baby, the fetus, to be alive, and the Hippocratic Oath, mm-hmm. if just generalizing is – I shall do no harm, basically, right? Right. So how do you – do you think that is incongruent? Like if they feel like – should they feel like that they are doing harm? Should they be like, I can't give – I can't do this? Does that make any sense? I kind of feel like I'm – Yeah, yeah because that all, that all comes back to – or what I think you're trying to say is that all comes back to is the baby viable? Yeah. Right? Is it alive? Yeah. Or in and, and, – and, can it actually function? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's a different story. If you're sitting here and you're literally, which, of course, was, you know, bullshit whenever they were like late-term abortions, that's beyond bullshit. You know, obviously, if you're you're sitting there, you're literally pushing out the baby and then you decide, you know what, let's just let's just end it. That doesn't exist. Yeah, that's a, that's a fucking <laughs> urban legend boogie. Like... But I see what you were saying. But yes, if a physician believed, yes, you were actually causing harm. And yes, this child is susceptible to be able to live outside of the womb by themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it should be without medical intervention. But Mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing because, again, that's not susceptibility. Yeah. Uh, You know, or sustaining life. Um, Then, yeah, they should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I also find it very interesting, and I made this note that uh it doesn't like i quoted earlier uh the, the scientific community can't necessarily agree and actually the religious community can't necessarily agree either i'm going back to the same slate article there seems to like uh muslims it seems there's no as they said among muslims there's no universally agreed upon moment when a fetus becomes a person for jewish uh-huh. people the majority of jews do not believe that life begins at const- at conception but instead see the creation of life as something that happens over time and uh-huh. you would think that the catholics or I'm sorry, the Christians are on the same page, but no, the the Lutherans, well, because we the Baptists, have, we have different types of yeah, the denomination. yeah, they can't even agree. So it's like I don't think anyone can agree. Like it's it's so subjective and it's so at your prejudices 
and your own personal beliefs about this. It's like that's why I think pro-choice is the logical answer because it's like we're not saying – I think that's the misconception on the pro-life side is that uh, pro-choice means that we think that everyone should have an abortion. I was like not necessarily. No. Not necessarily. We think that that should be a choice. So, And then also let's spend more time on the people who do decide that they do need to get the abortion given whatever circumstance Mm -hmm. that they need the psychological help for afterwards absolutely because you're already trying to have people secretly quote-unquote have these these abortions whether or not they're done you know in a professional setting Mm -hmm. or whether or not they're getting you know literally berated outside of an abortion clinic Mm -hmm. if people can actually find one Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you yeah, know, let's, that's another... let's focus on making sure that the person is mentally okay afterwards. No one wants to, again, go in and say, just fucking do this. Let's have a party afterwards. Yeah. If they do, okay, maybe that should also be looked at. Yeah, I think there's a lack of education. Like, I don't I, I don't want to speak and paint with a broad brush here. I don't want to speak for everyone on the pro-life side. But I really believe there's this uh, conception or perception that abortions are seamless and abortions are... Like there are people who walk – there are women who walk into abortion clinics and just say, suck it out of me, doc, and like just like want want promiscuity and want a sexual – a healthy sexual life uh, with no consequences. It's like that's not – that's a myth. That's not real. Like how many people have you talked to about this? It, it, like no. Like I, I – I, I've known people who've had the procedure. I've talked to people who've had the procedure and – like I, the the way it was described to me, it was not like this. Like, you know, it wasn't like getting a cavity filled in. It wasn't like a trip to the uh-huh. dentist. It was like, it was like traumatic. Like this is a traumatic experience. Isn't it sad that also the people who are finally going to have this procedure also are terrified about what's going to happen because they don't know because so many people make so much bullshit about it. And let me let me hit you with some facts. Uh, let's 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 let me get back to providing presi- providing some facts. Okay, the annual number of legal induced abortions in the U.S. doubled between 1973 and 1979. 73 is when Roe v. Wade, you know, came into effect, and peaked in 1990. Same year I was born, by the way. Uh, but there was a slow and steady decline throughout the 1990s. Overall, the annual number of abortions decreased. decreased by six percent between 2000 and 2009, with a temporary spikes in 2000, with temporary spikes in 2002 and 2006. By 2011, abor- the abortion rate in the nation dropped to its lowest point since the Supreme Court legalized procedure in 1973. Here's some more demographic. Here's some demographic facts. Abortion rates tend to be higher among minority women in the U.S. Uh, in, tw- in 2000 and 2001, due to the lower access to health care and contraception, the rates among Black and Hispanic women were 49 per 1,000 and 33 per 1,000, respectively, versus 13 per 1,000 among non-Hispanic white women. So basically the general Caucasian population. Now, note that this figure includes all women of reproductive age, including women that that are not pregnant. In other words, the abortion rates reflect the rate in which U.S. women of reproductive age have have an abortion each year, while white women obtain 60% of all abortions 
African-American women are three times more likely to have an abortion. Sorry, that was a mouthful. No, no, that's, that's a great statistic. And, I mean, you could have a whole other pod just strictly yeah. based off of either poverty and health care. And, I mean, and, yeah. or even the fact that there's still, I mean, people <laughs> of minorities trying to have the same rights that, that I'm yeah. trying to fight for, but to even more of a an extent that I can't even elaborate on that I will never be able to fully understand or be able to to vocalize on. I actually uh, got into a debate on Twitter with some random person. They could have been a bot about how they were coming at me. (laughs) I, 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 I think I cursed out. Oh yeah. Judge Clarence Thomas went on this, like in his ruling in a recent court ruling, he talked about how Planned Parenthood was put into these low, these uh, lower socioeconomic areas and like minority communities and they're trying to kill, you know, like Planned Parenthood was, this is off topic a little bit, but it's kind of related. Planned Parenthood was created by some eugenicists. So basically like people who believe that, you know, purifying races and stuff like that. So that, that's unfortunately the history of Planned Parenthood, but that's not what Planned Parenthood does these days. Uh, and someone on Twitter, they called me out. I told, I said, Judge Clarence Thomas just proves again how big of a trash judge he is and trash person he is overall. And this person like got in my mentions and was like, "Yo, what? Prove it! Like, why are why are minorities more likely to get it?" And I had to break down for this person, this random stranger. Again, could have been a bot. Uh, why uh, poor people, specifically minority pe- people who tend to be poor, are more likely to have abortions? And it was like, I was like, "It's it's systemic. It's systemic." Exactly, especially where we are. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, let me hit you up with some more facts. Uh, and I think this will do it for all the, you know, written portion of this conversation. Uh, a 2004 study by the uh, Guttmacher, I hope I pronounced that right, Guttmacher Institute reported that women listed the following reasons, listed the following amongst their reasons for choosing an abortion. So this was 2004. So this is 15 years ago. The most common reason for choosing to have an abortion, number one, was having a baby would dramatically change my life. Number two, close behind. Uh, and I guess there was some overlap here. Uh, can't afford a baby right now. Number three, do not want to be a single mother or having relationship problems. Number four, haven't com- have completed my childbearing. Number five, not ready for another child. The the uh, top the bottom two responses, which were coming at at one percent and less than point five percent respectfully, were was a victim of rape and became pregnant as a result of incest. So. Those aren't as common. Most of the time, it's because you cannot provide a stable, healthy, suitable lifestyle for this child. That's the general impression I get from that. Yeah, um, which then again, what does it come back to? Which is just yeah. trying to focus on lives outside of the womb. Yeah. Take and, care of your people here. And Okay, so this is another one. Um, a 2008 national survey of family growth shows that the rates of unintended pregnancy are highest among blacks, Hispanics, and women with lower socioeconomic status, which we talked about a little bit earlier. 70% of all pregnancies among black women were unintended. 57% of all pregnancies among Hispanic women were unintended, whereas only 42% of all pregnancies among white women were unintended. So that's basically capping off like the huge disparity in abortion in the lives of different women in this country. Yeah. I, 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 this, this was very insightful, all this research. Uh, and I guess we can get to the, you know, reacting portion now. We've been spurred, we've been kind of peppering it in here and there, but, uh, it was very enlightening, but it didn't tell me anything I didn't really already kind of know. Um, 
but it's 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 just sad. It's just sad that like again it goes it's it feels deflating and it feels defeating for me at least. Just as a man, where it's just like it just seems so simple to me. It's a topic that nobody really I don't think anybody wants to deal with this. I don't think anyone wants to talk about abortions. But it is something we need to talk about. And it's just sad that like it gets so mired in like vitriolic attacks and personal attacks and it's personalized and it's like it's just like guys can we just have an adult conversation about this like i'm sorry if you disagree on a fundamental or religious because of religious reasons but can we just have a an adult conversation about this can we just have a clear and honest and open conversation about this and that's the thing i lament the most that it's like it gets so like it just becomes social warfare yeah and i don't know tell it to the person who needs the abortion exactly and you're and it's just so scary i just feel so bad for like women about this like i'm not trying to be condescending and i'm not trying to call favor but like it's just so sad like i think it's tragic that like again i don't view abortions as a light thing it seems like a very it is a traumatic thing for a lot of women and it's like this whole conversation around it, mainly dominated by men, is not helping. Like, guys, no, fall back. But also, don't get me wrong, there are probably, you know, are definitely people who do have supportive partners who absolutely. also are there yeah, to absolutely. assist after the abortion, too. It's not that all men don't want to be responsible. But uh, my other thought is, is all that's being said right now is you don't matter whenever mm-hmm. you want an abortion. But guess what? You also don't matter whenever you have the kid, too, because you're not getting assistance. Yeah, yeah. I think they were like, <laughs> I saw a stat. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I saw a stat online that was like the states that are like trying to pass, who who have passed or trying to pass abortion bans. It's like they're all listed in red. And then there was another stat that states that have cut childcare funding and like school oh, yeah. school funding and like pre-k funding and stuff like that it was like a one-to-one overlap it was kind of scary it's uh well, well let's let, let's even talk about just just medicaid right like specifically yeah. louisiana also you know our governor one of his big things was you know i'm gonna make you know medicaid more accessible okay sounds sounds great in theory right yeah i work in the healthcare profession i can only tell you of a handful of places that accept that said intr- insurance that now has blown up no one gets taken care of. Yeah. It's a blanket over the problem, yeah. which then goes into another problem. I, I will say this, though. Um, speaking of guys again, um, I was just – it just amazes me. I made the joke online that I was like, man, I wish I was – I wish. I was like, I know I, ha- I lack confidence in a lot of aspects of my life, but I wish for one minute I could taste the confidence of a man – or I could feel the confidence of a man who tells a woman, no, you're wrong about abortion, and here's why. It's like, oh, my God. Like, I can't imagine ever being that delusional, I guess, is the term. I don't know. They feel so right. Or arrogance. I guess it boils down to arrogance. Do you know what the other thing is, too? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure of it, that a lot of people that are against abortion, mm-hmm. you know they've been in the situation before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's It's... That's the thing, man. All these like rich white people, mainly the Republican Party. Sorry to take another swipe at them, but fuck off. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's my show. Uh, like they're they seem to be the party 
of mainly, you know, rich white people. And it's like, if abortions are banned, they'll still get it. Like, they have the money and access to get legal, exactly. get a safe abortion. It's just the poor people they don't give a fuck about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. Um, anything else you want to say? Like, uh, or do you want to wrap it up nicely for us? Because I feel like I've done enough talking. So, what yeah, do you, just what, again, just again, this is, this is to discuss, Yes. you know, what's going on. Um, Present the facts. <laughs> kind of give a little bit of the history. Facts and some bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and honestly, no matter what, the, the whole point of this is whether you are seeking an abortion, know someone who wants to seek an abortion, there are still plenty of places that you can get, you yep. know, information regarding it. Um, you can always message me if you want to to talk about it. You're going to have someone who's there for you. And most importantly, you need to focus on trying to have it done safely. We need to be proactive about making sure that that happens and being there for a person who has had an abortion, if, if need be, um, instead of focusing more on whether or not, you know, your grandma or your grandpa are going to like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and though this is probably a pretty triggering podcast, the the point is to to get past, I guess, we're trying to normalize the conversation, but in the same token, keep the weight in the words, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just because we're talking about this a whole bunch doesn't mean that, you know, even though we're laughing here and there, that it's not important. It's something that's very, very important. And no matter what, maybe we won't have the answer now. Maybe we won't have the answer in five to ten years. But the answer needs to happen because yeah. this is going to be something that keeps arising. And voices need to be heard. Absolutely. And no matter what, you know, speak out about it because it is very important whether you are male, female, you know, anything, you know, just it's important. And um, I don't know, something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> just, I, I, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm passionate about it, but that's strictly because I feel so um, – it depresses me, this conversation, the topic, because it just seems but like such a – But it needs to be discussed. It, it absolutely – I couldn't agree more, and that's why I wanted to have you on because I know you and I trust each other and respect each other enough to have this conversation. And while we do agree, even if we didn't agree, I feel like we could have a respectful conversation about it. Because uh, no matter what, if you're uncomfortable for an hour or so discussing this, think yeah. about the person that's uncomfortable trying to exactly talk about their worth, about whether or not they can have this procedure that they don't need to justify to anyone that they need. Yes, I would. I would ask. I would urge anyone listening, if you have, if you are passionate and you do feel strongly about this topic, uh, don't take it out on the people. Who are going through this because I, I just would ask kindly respectfully request that you consider that most of the people going through this most of the women going through this aren't monsters just keep that in mind they're usually just frightened and stressed out and very very and struggling and dealing with something and trying to survive just like you. If exactly. you have 365 days out of the year that you're feeling perfect, congrats to you. But most of us don't. Yeah. Just so be, cut us some slack. Just be considerate. <laughs> I think that's the, the main theme of all this. Just be considerate. Just consider. Exactly. And I also just want to stress, too, that also don't sit there. You know, part of the conversation is, of course, going to be to state that, you know, we should have access to safe abortions because, again, this isn't a black and white thing. Yep. But also to come back to it, 
that also doesn't mean that you can only justify it if someone was assaulted or incest. Absolutely. You know, this needs to be for all safely. Absolutely. So start the conversation, do your research, talk to some people who've maybe have gone through it. Frankly, ask your mom about it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh this is a conversation for another day. I don't know if we'll ever get to this topic, but yeah. uh during the whole Me Too thing that that's been going on, I asked my mom about her experience with that. And she did have uh, I don't want to go into detail, but she did have some things to tell me about her experiences, people she know and stuff like that. And I was shocked. Like I was like, I never considered my mother ever going through any of that to any extent. So I do yeah. think that you need to ask the women in your life. Hey. Exactly. This isn't someone that you've never met. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, great <laughs> fucking props to you, Morgan Alonzo. That is a great fucking note to get out on. Uh, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. We're going to do the questionnaire, but I, just before we get started, the questionnaire to lighten the mood up yes. a little bit. Thank you so much for doing that because I know it's not easy talking about these things. I know you are not averse to it, but it still doesn't mean it's an easy conversation to have. Exactly. I'm not going to lie. I almost chickened out a little bit, but then at the same point, I was like, no, not that I'm this you know warrior for this or anything like that. I'm sure there might be some things that I said that that weren't explained as thoroughly as they could have been. But again, this is something that's just kind of a, a discussion between you and I and whomever listens to this. But most importantly, if you get anything out of it is do your research, have the conversations that you need to have, but don't be so closed off to someone coming at you with something that is a very difficult process. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we also won't hear you out for being, you know, pro-life. Exactly. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the topic. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, for everyone who stuck around to listen to that entire conversation, we appreciate it. So now we're going to do a hard transition into something more lighthearted. Uh, this is the only second time I've done it. Yeah, I know. This is the only second time I've done the questionnaire this year because we've done a bunch of group conversations and it feels weird to do the questions with a group so or multiple guests. So, uh, Morgan, you're going to be the second person to answer these questions. Uh, Sorry, quick question before you dive into that. It's still lighthearted. Do you ever feel like, uh, and do you ever feel like James Lipton? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, although I would love, like, I, I don't know if I ever told you this. Like, if you were to give me my dream job, what my dream job would be, yeah. it, it would probably be hosting The Tonight Show. Oh, really? Yeah, I would, I aspire to be. Like, I don't want to be the spotlight, but I guess that would put me in the spotlight. But I, I really wish I could be, like, an interviewer. Like, I really would just want to talk to people all day. Oh, I'd want to, I'd want James Lipton's job. But I would also still want him to have his job, too. I Absolutely. just would want to get paid to sit next to James Lipton talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would be my dream job. If I, if I could uh, do it all over again, it's not too late. But, you know, if I were to start over again, I would be like, hey, I want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do. I just want to talk to people, and I want to interview people, and I want to know what people are thinking. And, you know, that's – I have some dreams and plans and hopes in the works, so I'm not trying to sound like my life is over before I turn 30. But that's honestly what I love doing. I love talking to people, and I love getting – and I love hearing their thoughts. And uh, people I agree with and people I don't agree with because, like, fucking if everyone agreed with me, that would be boring and pointless, so – Exactly. Okay, let's get these questions out the way because we got. I have yep. to edit. I have to like do everything tonight. Uh, so let's get this over with. <laughs> Beat it and then go to sleep. Is that innuendo right there? <laughs> exactly. Oh, you, you saucy, saucy broad. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but uh, first question: uh, As a kid, 
what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, I kind of want to know what you thought the answer would be first. I always assumed you always wanted to go into nursing. Oh, no, that's that's a sex shit. Oh. Um, the true answer is, um, and um, we can shout out Brendan Fraser, pre-hair plugs, Brendan Fraser. Oh, God. You can't see me. You can't see me, but I'm doing the clap. I know. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Insert gift. <laughs> Insert gift. <laughs> we can think. <laughs> 1999 mummy. Um, I wanted to be an archaeologist, and I actually um, really, really, really uh, love Egyptology and anything about mummies, bog mummies. I have. A, I know a whole bunch of uh, random information about hieroglyphics, canopic jars, uh, mummification mm. process. Uh, anything like that that you need to know got it uh the only reason why i ended that career path was in fifth grade i found out that you know because i wanted to go to egypt of course you know cairo Mm -hmm. um was that you had to get a whole bunch of immunizations before you could travel oh my god warrior that's so you (laughs) (laughs) and that was it I was done. I went home and told my mom, and I was done. I was done with that because I was like, I, I can't do these shots. I uh, I said with Justin, I did the uh, did these questions with Justin at the beginning of the year, or at the beginning of this volume. Um, I said, I think, the, if I recall correctly, like, the first thing I ever remember ever wanting to be was uh, an, an Air Force pilot, like a, a jet fighter, you know? Uh, but the other thing I also remember, I always, I, there was a time in my life I wanted to be a meteorologist. Because, like, I was fascinated by tornadoes. Like, I was terrified of them, but also deeply fascinated by them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could just imagine you, like, sweating on screen and being, like, the precipitation <laughs> on my face. No, wait. I mean outside. <laughs> yeah, that's real. I, uh, but then I realized you had to go in and, like, learn a bunch of sciences. And I'm like, mm, nah. I'm good. Damn you, knowledge. Exactly. Okay, so let's say if you if you came into a large sum of money, you know, Powerball or whatever, uh, and, you know, you got all this money, you took care of, like, you know, your trust, your lawyers, your accountants, all that stuff, all the all the busy, all, like, the uh, smart financial stuff you get out the way. So after that's out the way, what's the first big thing you would buy with this, like, large sum of money? And you said debt's out the window? Yeah, debt's out the window, trust established, family members hooked up. What's the What's the thing you splurge on? Oh, okay. Family members fucked up to you. God. Oh, God. God. I mean, you sent me the questions before, but shit, that one for some reason, like, really stumps me, and I don't know why. Um, Because you've never never considered having a large sum of money. (laughs) Yeah, and then again, because my first thoughts, yeah, I pay off my debt, right? Um, I'm an adult. Um, Besides convincing adam driver and rupert grant and other gentlemen and women to leave their spouses and and marry me uh <laughs> with my large sum of money um i don't know probably would get like a ferret farm oh what? or <laughs> i love ferrets um so random. or I did not know that. have like a dog sanctuary oh, okay yeah so the ferrets lost you. You don't care about the ferrets. I, the dogs I mean, you care I'm, I'm really indifferent to all pets except corgis. Like those are the only things on this earth that, like pet wise, that I'm like my heart melts. The rest of them, like, oh, that's nice. We'll have a corgi section. I love corgis. It'll be the Morgan Alonzo Grit Driver. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dog rescue. Oh Dog and God. ferret rescue. This just in. <laughs> apparently, you can buy love. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> Okay, so next question. 
Oh, mine would be probably vacation. Like, I would go live in, like, I, I recently I mean, found that's out. assumed. Yeah, but I recently realized you can live in the UK for three months, for 90 days, before they have to kick you out. Like, you can live there for three months. I was like, oh, man, that's what I would do. What are we doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can have, like, a tourist visa for, like, 90 days before they kick you out. And then uh, that's probably what I would do. I'd probably go live in, like, Dublin for, like, 90 days or something like that. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we've talked about this a lot. Like, we both, you know, not the biggest fan of cleaning. Uh, what chore do you absolutely hate doing? Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you one that's kind of, like, very specific. Mm-hmm. And it's if for some reason you've been soaking dishes and, like, the sink water's dirty and you oh. have to put your hand... You in the bottom to pull the, the drain plug. That freaks me out because I can't see what I'm touching. That's one. Uh, but that's very specific. Okay. <laughs> and two, probably either putting away my clothes, mm. uh, which Ben's probably like screaming, listening to this because he hates that I don't put my clothes up. Um, and also the cat litter. I think cats should just never be able to shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, cat litter is the worst. Uh, yeah. Mine is always uh, the the toilet, like cleaning a bathroom. Like I can't, I hate cleaning bathrooms. Hate, hate. I'll do anything. Like uh, the other thing was cleaning an oven. I'll clean ten ovens. If Just it, don't use your oven. Well, I mean, but like if you want to cook, like I like to cook at home a lot more often than not. Uh, so if I use an oven, uh, you gotta clean it at least probably like once a year or something like that, right? So like. I'll clean an oven any day of the week if it means someone else will clean a bathroom. I hate cleaning bathrooms. Like dishes. I'll clean your bathroom. Exactly. Like 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 I think if I ever settle down with someone, I'll be like, "Baby, you deal with I'll deal with everything else in this house. There's not a thing in this house I am not afraid to deal with or I'm not capable of dealing with. You just take care of the bathroom. That's all you have to do. I'll do the laundry, I'll mow the lawn, I'll clean the kitchen, I'll put the clothes away, I'll do all of it. None of it bothers me. I mean, I'm not a big fan of doing it, but I will be happily do it if it means I don't have to clean a bathroom. The tub, the sink, the toilet, the floor, all of it. I hate it. hate cleaning bathrooms. I have a slight heart on from that. You can come on over and do everything else. I'll clean bathrooms all day, every day. I hate it, dude. And that's the thing. Like, dishes, like what you described, doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me at all. Not at all. Don't but mind. you can't, you don't know what you're touching. Uh, uh, that's how I feel about bathrooms. I'm like, this is like, I feel like I'm just like rubbing my hands. One. I do. And it still feels like I can feel the shit all around me. That's your shit. Still feels weird. Still feels weird. Okay. Okay. Uh... <laughs> uh let's see what's the next one okay what's your favorite candy bar or snack um right now my favorite like go-to when i'm stressed is boba tea oh which sounds really basic but it's just because I, i've been i've got hooked on it at work but if like mm, mm, snack snackaroo i'll tell you mine i just recently discovered a new one for me I'm a big I'm a big sucker for Hostess snacks and like Little Debbie's oh, too as well. Yeah. But they make a coffee cake that's like a cinnamon streusel coffee cake, and I have become addicted to them. They're have you so had zebra good. cake rolls? I have had zebra cake rolls. I like zebra cakes, but these cinnamon streusel coffee cakes that made by Hostess they come two packs. So much sugar, so fattening, so many calories. But, like, they are so fucking good. Like, I literally texted Ben the other day. I was like, 
is it bad I want to go to Deutschland just to try their desserts? <laughs> like, I just want to try their desserts. Oh, I'm lying to you. Mine's tiramisu. Not oh. that, like, it happens on a daily basis, oh. but I could bathe in tiramisu. Ugh. Oh, I hate tiramisu. Do you like coffee? I do like coffee. Well, I'll, I'll drink coffee. I'm more of a tea drinker these days. But So we went to Italy uh, about over 10 years ago at this point. Uh, that's literally the dessert that we – like besides gelato, every restaurant we go to was like, here's your dessert. Here's tiramisu. It's like, fuck, again? Uh, that is the biggest first world problem I think I've ever heard. Absolutely. and But I, I, I feel unashamed. <laughs> Okay, I think I know the answer to this one. I think I know what your worst one was, but uh, what's the best? What's your best and worst school subject? Best is a tie. Uh, well, depending on let's let's say I actually showed up to class <laughs> and paid attention yeah. and wasn't drawing a guy that I thought was hot in my class or passing notes to him. Um, cough, cough, Aaron Bennett. Um, but. I would say history or biology. If it's biology, I'm down for it. I'm learning about it. I'm getting all up in the nooks and crannies of it. Because um, I love that shit. I don't know why. I'm fascinated by it. Except the cardiovascular system. That's got to go. we got to change the words to, that describe the cardiovascular system, and then maybe I'll be able to handle that. Um, worst subject is without a doubt. I mean, come on. It's math. Yeah, I knew it was math. And it's because it's made up. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> Ma- hot take alert. Math. Fake fiction or what? <laughs> Look, if there's a society for, you know, the flat earthers or whatever, <laughs> then a math is made up society and I'm the president of it. Oh, man. It's all, We're you're the, you're the one over. outside. You're like picketing the Nobel Prize for math. Like, it's fake. It's all fake. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Wait, this really isn't a good case for me to say that I'm, like, pro-choice, and then I'm sitting here saying math is fake. (laughs) (laughs) But you said biology, you love. So that's, I mean, science, I guess, is closer to this abortion debate than math is. Except the cardiovascular. Exactly, except that. Okay. Um, Uh, Mine, I think I said on the other pod, I said uh, English and history were always my best. And without a doubt, physics is the worst. I never ever want to take another physics class in my life. I've never felt stupid. Do you know why? Why? Because math's in it and math's made up. No, see, I did all right <laughs> in math. Like, I was a good, like, C to B. That's like stu- 90% of physics well, no, math. No, here's the thing. Like, like, I don't know. Math made more sense to me. I don't know why. Maybe it was just because that just makes more sense to me. The problem with physics was, and I've never felt stupider in my life than when I took physics in college. <laughs> Is just that I don't get it. Like I don't – like I'm trying to conceptualize it and visualize it and trying to lock it into my brain, but it just doesn't compute to me. Like math, I'm like – I feel like math is like – maybe it's – math just – It's like – There's a link that's missing for you or something. Absolutely. Because you you can't do physics without the math. Yeah, and I don't know what it was, but like like math – again, I was like a BC student um, in math. Especially in calculus. I love calculus. Uh, but physics, it was just like, I don't fucking get it. Like, I just don't get it. Like, ugh, I yeah, physics. physics is math, a little bit of drawing, and virginity. That's what, what it is. Virginity? <laughs> no, I'm not even going to touch that one. Okay. Uh, what is the best vacation you've ever taken? Not the beach. 
Oh, okay. Um, and that's strictly because sharks and sunburns are real. Um, but the best vacay, by the way, side note, I'm literally getting a spray tan to go on my next beach trip just so people don't look at me. My mother had to do that. I remember my mother had to do that because she's so... Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy someone else has done that. Sorry, sorry, Kathy Flores, put your business out in the streets like that, but I remember she had to do that. Um, but best vacation? Yeah. God... I don't know. It probably, I went on a Disney trip in high school mm-hmm. uh, with my choir group, and it was like the best choir group ever. And I think it was just a really good period in my life that yeah. was a lot of fun, a lot of memories. That mm-hmm. that was good. Ben and I have been on a lot of good trips with each other, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that's a hard one. All right. I think, okay. Would you rather speak all languages or have the ability to speak to animals? Dude, okay, this one tripped me up. I'm not going to lie. I thought about this for a long time. Okay. I would want to speak all languages. Yeah, same here. And the reason why is my dog sanctuary, the dogs are still going to want to cuddle with me, <laughs> and so will the ferrets, even if I can't speak to them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> See, I, here's the thing about that. And again, I'm not the biggest animal person, except for corgis. Uh, I, I'm kind of indifferent to them, largely, because again, I didn't grow up with pets and stuff like that. But I just think that people overinflate how interesting like a dog or like a pet or an animal is like i think they're very basic like like mind like processing power and stuff like here so i don't think it would be that interesting to know what they're thinking or saying you know john what if a dog understands physics well fuck give that fuck i'll <laughs> uh, hey man probably fuck woof, i get man, it woof. i get it like I, I i totally understand like I'm a fucking dumbass when it comes to physics. And, like, yeah, there are probably are, you know, chimps or fucking dolphins out there that would understand physics better than me. And you know what? Props to them. But guess what? I got thumbs, so fuck off. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, next one. We do not condone the abuse of animals. <laughs> Let me just also state that because it sounded very angry and hostile towards animals. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, would you rather have unlimited pizza or unlimited tacos slash burritos, of course, for life? God, this depends where I'm at in my period, and I'm not going to lie, because during <laughs> the period, I want greasy food. So, like, a pizza, like, I actually probably be Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, you're not cool. Um, and I mean full-on pepperoni toppings sliding yeah. down myself. Um, the full imagery. Um, and tacos. Every now and then, I'm in a mood for tacos. So you more pe- So you would lean more towards pizza. I would, because I think you can do more with the pizza than you can with the taco. See, I disagree. The most versatile totally thing about the taco is whether or not it's crunchy or soft. No, you could put different, like shrimp, fried shrimp, you know, beef, you know, chicken, pork, anything and everything. I I would look. I can't really eat. I pizzas. could do that with the pizza. See, I can't really eat pizzas, but if I could eat pizza, I think I'd still lean towards more tacos because, like, I think tacos are more versatile. But pizzas, I also love pizza, so uh, I think I would lean towards towards tacos. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Oh, this is going to be a good one. If you had to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? Okay. We're not going to dive down the whole how drunk am I and where am I at. Absolutely. Um the the right now the the when I did this with Justin I was like gun to your head or gun to your balls what would you pick? Am I 
able to dance in this. <laughs> sure, man. Make it your own. <laughs> I have the ability. I mean, uh, right now, it would most definitely be Lizzo, any Lizzo song. Okay. Um, especially Truth Hurts. Yeah. Um, but if I have the ability to dance, it would probably be Lizzo and Missy Elliott's tempo because I would want to break dance and say, I'm a thick bitch. I need tempo. <laughs> but I can't dance. So maybe not that song. Oh, uh, there's a lot of songs, though, really. I mean, my go-to always was Valerie by Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Um, I've, I've sang a lot of random things but probably honest to god whether i'm drunk or sober it, it would be lizzo right now uh mine my go-to is uh modern english i'll melt i'll stop the word melt with you oh my god it seems like a fairly easy hard to fuck up song so i was like i can't sing so i think i could do a serviceable job at that and i really love that song too so <laughs> okay last question and then we're gonna call it a night and uh, i'll be up late Editing and publishing this thing. Uh, okay, so you if you had the entire world's attention, everyone's attention, you know, I guess everyone conscious is attention, attention you know, uh, what would you tell them? What would you say? Pushed in 9-11. Oh, my God. <laughs> steel does, <laughs> doesn't melt steel beams. <laughs> oh, my God. It's fucking, god damn it. It's been like 18 years and we can finally joke about that apparently? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's not my answer. Um, I really actually don't know. If everyone was looking at me, my reflex would be to do like Superstar from that movie where Molly Shannon smells her armpits because I'd be so nervous because everybody's looking at me, but... Um, I don't really know what I would say to people because then again, like my brain starts kind of spiraling. Do you, are you serious? Do you talk about a serious topic that everybody needs to know? Or am I thinking, oh, Adam Driver's actually listening to me so I could profess my love to Adam Driver and regret? So self-serving. I don't don't know. I, I can't remember what I said first time, but I think I would say something to the effect of like, hey man, you know. Try not to be an, an asshole. Like, you know, everybody's going through something. You know, just just be cool, man. And, like, you know, we're all in this together. Like, just be cool with each other. And, like, try not to kill each other. You know, just be cool. That's what I would say. Some I'd probably work on that. I'd workshop that. But, like, that's j- the gist of what I would say. Yeah, that and also... <laughs> I have a lot, like, I have a lot of things. Like, I have things that I would tell girls, like, something that a lot of girls don't know until later is that, like, the pH of your vagina changes. Oh, my And you're, <laughs> you're going to mess up your underwear, whether or not you're on your period or not. So don't wear cute underwear all the time. Sometimes it's okay to wear granny panties. Oh, my god. That's one. Two, that's a legit thing. You don't <laughs> understand. But I've had plenty of underwear ruined. Oh, my god. Two. <laughs> If I'm talking seriously, I mean, obviously, there's a whole bunch of different things I would want to talk about. I would just list a whole bunch of foundations that need help and things that need to be addressed. Three, if we're talking comically and the fact that, like, heart throbbing, Adam Driver, Rupert Grant, Barack Obama. I would want to sing a song with Barack Obama. You only have 30 seconds. (laughs) I only have 30 seconds? Yeah, that's part of the thing. You only have 30 seconds. What would you say? Oh, my God. Everything I just said in 30 seconds, I could find a way to make all of that fit in 30 seconds, and I would end with J.K. Rowling, stop making every person be gay. (laughs) (laughs) 
the books are done all the books are done chill the fuck out with your millions we love you stop (laughs) all right guys that's gonna do it for us tonight uh i hope jk rowling's listening right now oh my gosh you know what i should be able to post a picture of my tits on instagram if i want (laughs) free the nipple uh Mm-hmm. You know what? We didn't even talk about Game of Thrones, but I guess that's a good thing. Um, it was stupid. Uh, that's all that, That's all anyone needs to know. Don't waste your time. Uh, anyway. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, this will be going out tomorrow morning. Uh, thank you again, Morgan Alonzo. I appreciate you. I appreciate knowing you. I appreciate you having me in my life, and I really do appreciate t- you taking time to be on the pod tonight. Uh, I, think we got a, I think we had a very healthy, constructive conversation about uh, the history and the discussion about abortion um even though i i don't think it devolved into an echo chamber but i think it was i think we both presented salient points um and uh again i just love you i i couldn't i'd be dead in a ditch somewhere without you um so thank you again of course of Um, course thanks for listening everyone please if you like, if you dig the pod, share it with your friends. Share it with strangers. Who the hell knows? It could be this. It could be something that saves someone's life. Uh, we're on uh, SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Even though I don't promote Stitcher, because I don't really know what Stitcher is. Uh, what the hell is that? It's another platform, music platform. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can reach the pod on through Twitter fa at faf podcast. Uh, I'm on Facebook, John S. Flores. Uh, Morgan's also on Facebook um, and recently just got on Twitter. Uh, and so you can also email the pod uh, at uh, fafpodcast at gmail. Any feedback is welcomed. Uh, unless you're telling me to go fuck myself, then I'll just respond, no fuck you. And you can also find him on Pornhub. Oh, uh, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if that was part of your handle? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't. I, I, uh, uh, no, no. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, all right, guys. That's gonna do it for us tonight. Morgan, I will talk to you later. You know, I'll talk to you later. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, give uh, Benjamin and Emilio my love. Will do. She's already asleep. Well, you know. I, I'll let her know. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. bye.